Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tech Trailblazers Judges on Fire podcast. And uh, my name is Rose Ross. I'm a chief trailblazer and founder of the Tech Trailblazers. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Brian Honan, who is one of our star judges, has been with us from the beginning, and also a leading light in the cybersecurity space and runs BH Consulting. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm great, Rose. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Well, that's a pleasure. Well, we've known each other for a long time, but we haven't seen each other for a little while due to, to COVID. Yeah. Because um, info security has been all virtual, which just isn't the same, is it? No, no. Uh, virtual events are great because you can attend them from wherever, whenever, but you do lose that personal touch. You do lose that opportunity. I think it's not the same dynamics, same energy as when you're bumping into somebody in the the corridors or between talks and stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully next year. Well, fingers firmly crossed, eh? Firmly yeah. crossed on that. So, obviously, you've been with us for a long time, right mm-hmm. from the beginning, which has been absolutely a pleasure. And you've um, spent quite a lot of time, obviously, looking at the, the amazing startups who I'm sure you've come across in the past. But I've met, I know a lot of them are new to you when you do come across them as entrants. So, yeah. but what would be great is anybody who doesn't know you, just to get a bit of a, you know, who is Brian? What do you do? That would be wonderful. Okay, well, Ozzy, name's Brian Honan. Uh, I'm CEO of BH Consulting. We're an independent uh, consulting firm specialising in cybersecurity and data protection based in Dublin. So we're 30 people. Uh, we have clients all over the world in many different uh, industries. So uh, it, it's an interesting aspect that we have because we don't sell software, we don't sell hardware, but we're often asked by our clients to help them to select solutions for their cybersecurity or data protection challenges. So we get to see a lot of what's good and what's bad and uh, what's out there in, in the industry, which is, you know, uh, as you said, uh, Rose, I've been on the judging panel for quite a while. So it's it's great to see, bring that experience from working with our customers and our clients as to, to the challenges they have to see what oh. exciting things are coming through by uh, new companies and startups. So, yeah. So that's um, who I am. But if anybody wants to find out who I am, just Google me because there's not many Brian Honans in the world. Especially <laughs> <laughs> so cyber security as well and Dublin. Yeah. We'll get your track down. No worries. No worries. So, You've obviously talked about cybersecurity and it's been a very interesting year, hasn't it, from a cybersecurity perspective. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have faced a lot of challenges. A lot of businesses have faced a lot of challenges. But cybersecurity startups and cybersecurity technology in, in certain areas has had a bit of a boom because of um, the fact that people are working remotely. There are different challenges mm-hmm. for cybersecurity professionals, for businesses. Um, you know, we've seen the rise of ransomware and uh, lots of other issues that people have to deal with. The threat landscape has changed, uh, not for the best. Um, certainly different challenges, different challenges. So from a startup perspective, what have you? What kind of challenges do you see as being important for them to address? And what are you seeing that's hot out there at the moment? Yeah, well, I think... Uh... You put your your finger on on, on the, the the key issue there, Rose, is that the the pandemic has brought many challenges to businesses. Now, I'd argue, you know, ransomware has been a problem that's been around 
a long time. What mm. ransomware has done is that it's really highlighted how poor organizations have been in securing their environments. Uh, you know, if ransomware can get into your systems and lock up your business, well, then so can any other malicious piece of software and everything else, except previous to, ran- to the, this onslaught of, slot of ransomware. Any other malware that we've tried to deal with previously has been quite silent, quite hidden. It's, it's been stealing information. It's been stealing credit card data. So it hasn't had the same business impact. So therefore, ransomware, in a way, has been, you know, if I can say, has a, it's a cloud with a silver lining, is that it it's, has brought cybersecurity right up to the board attention and to, to even government and policymakers' attention in ways that previous cyber attacks hasn't happened in the past. But saying that, I think the pandemic has brought many challenges to businesses. So, uh, you know, you and I are now doing this uh, interview and recording this on Zoom. Two years ago, nobody knew who Zoom were. But the pandemic gave Zoom the opportunity, you know, they saw the opportunity of remote working, collaboration, et cetera. That's where the gap was, and that's where Zoom just, you know, to pardon the bond, they zoomed up the stock market and, 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 and in size. And we've seen other, you know, in the cybersecurity space, we saw companies like Cloudflare offer uh, free remote working collaboration tools. So I think from a, if you're a cybersecurity startup, have a look now and think, okay, what is the business landscape going to be like in the next 6, 12, 18 months? What are the challenges from a cybersecurity point of view that those businesses are going to face? And I think a lot of that is going to be, we're not going to go back to full-time office working again. We're going to have this hybrid mix. So how do businesses secure their data and their systems in a hybrid environment? And that's going to be a big challenge, I think, that many businesses are going to face over the coming years. Absolutely. And and from that perspective, obviously, digital transformation, there's been another thing, you know, apart from video conferencing. And it was, as you say, it was very not like Zoom, but it was Zoom who? What? Yeah. Uh, What is that? You want to meet me on on Zoom? Yeah. And now everybody's like Zooming everybody. We don't, you know. Yeah, it's become verb now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're going to Zoom. So, um, yeah, but digital transformation, and, and I know we've talked in the past, about cloud and security because cloud gives you access to things yeah um but it needs to be easy for people to be able to use it in their day-to-day lives but it also needs to be secure and we all know that security often creates a layer of you know two um two-factor authentication and i mean i'm the worst for getting annoyed with things i just want to get in and use it what's this password again and validating Mm -hmm. and everything so you know Users are the worst nightmare when it comes to security because they're the ones who are almost like hacking their own system to try and get around everything, right? Because they want to get the job done. Yeah, and it's frustrating, isn't it? It's like, oh, just want to get on and do this because you know you're okay, but the system doesn't know you're okay. I mean, do you still see that that's going to be an important part of it? Because nobody can really look at enterprise security for your systems without considering that element. Yeah, look. Again, the pandemic brought to the fore cloud computing and remote working. Uh, so companies had the choice of either uh, increasing their remote working 
platforms, be they VPNs, remote gateways, et cetera, or um, migrating to the cloud. And for many businesses, the rush to survive and keep the business going, they, they, pro- they most likely got systems working. They may not have got them working securely, though. That, that is the, the sting in the tail, because they may have just, let's get to the cloud, get it working, make sure it's working. Now, retrospectively, people are going to have to go back and make sure those platforms are secure, or maybe the remote working environments are secure. And that's going to bring a lot of challenges, uh, because I hear what you're saying about security being a pain in the proverbials and having to... You know, why do I have to remember this password? And this is where we fail as an industry. And this is where I believe tech trailblazers and those startups can help us here. We need to be designing technology around the user, not the user around the technology. We need to make sure our security systems keep people secure. You know, like if I've often compared cybersecurity as it is today to how car safety was in 1910s, 1920s. Back mm. then, you'd know you'd no seatbelts, no crumple sounds. If you had a car crash, you're... you're, you're, you're. We unfortunately learned to fly t- through the windscreen. So for, from that perspective, I mean, what you were saying was um, that we need to have innovative approaches to basically wrapping users yeah. and the security around them rather than giving it as a hurdle for them to keep jumping over exactly. Yeah, yeah. As a as a user, I just want to do my job. I just want to get work done. I don't want to have to learn about cybersecurity. That's not my job. You know, my job is to run payroll. My job is to process sales orders. My job is to do reports. Mm. It's not to figure out how to keep the system secure. That's somebody else's job, and it should be that way. You know, come, coming back to my car analogy, when I leave the office, I'm going to jump in my car. I don't need to understand how the engine works. I don't need to understand how the seatbelt works or the airbags work. I just know they're there and they would be there to protect me if I make a mistake. And mm. same with, with our IT environments and cybersecurity solutions. They need to be more user-centric and the, the user interface and how we use them need to be more uh, easy to understand as well. You know, So uh, the, the, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the right solution out there to 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 really uh uh make a lot of money if they get it right <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um so we need sort of some kind of invisible shield effectively mm-hmm. around the users that you don't see it it's just there to protect you correct and you know stop you doing things but not stop you working and being productive and you know not getting frustrated with systems and then trying to work out how you can get around the security elements of it absolutely not that I've ever done that, of course. No, like I, I, again, and I, I'm beating this analogy to death here now, Rose. If you, you know, when I say to you, I'm going to ask you a question now, okay? My turn to ask a question. No, I'm sorry. Oh, when, do, when did this become you asking me questions? <laughs> I'm Irish. Can I speak to my agent, please? This is not I'm Irish. We don't follow the rules, you know? <laughs> oh, right. Well, I will, I will um, take the. Um, the the amendments if required but anyway go for it i'm not going to answer you truthfully just telling you that what do the brakes on your car do they stop the car no they don't they make your car go faster oh i see if you'd no brakes on your car how fast would you drive your car well i wouldn't get in it (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And that's the way we need, that's the way security needs to be viewed upon. You know, mm-hmm. if I said to, you know, earlier on, you're going to about security getting in the way and stopping us doing work. But security done right and done properly allows us to do things in a safe, secure way and get from our business to our business destinations in a safe manner. Mm. Okay. So um, I had a, I interviewed um, Logan Andrew Green from Gigaom for the Tech on Fire stuff that we're doing with those guys, which is kind of looking into the future. Uh, and um, he specialises really in the IoT space. And obviously that's been a big security concern for a lot of people. Do you see that as being something that you'll be interested in seeing whether there's any innovation in that space that will be useful for, for clients and useful for the world? No, absolutely. Like I think when we think about IoT, people immediately think about, oh, that's my smart home, that's my light bulb or or mm. whatever. But IoT is getting everywhere. You know, it's going to be smart meters. It's going to be your car. It's going to be uh, every device we use. From a business point of view, it's going to be, you know, if you're a manufacturer, you're going to be changing, you know, companies are going to be changing or are changing their manufacturing lines from being maybe manual type processes are, are old-fashioned conveyor belt systems maybe to high-tech computerized iot stuff that can do uh just-in-time assembly tie back into your warehouse to do uh, supply chain management to order the parts you need based on availability and all these are going to be integrated and that means that the attack service for many organizations is going to increase and uh um, there's a lot, lot, lot more risk going to be introduced because, you know, the traditional environment is, oh, you keep your IoT or your industrial systems separate from your business network. But that, in reality, doesn't happen. And in okay. the future, they're going to have to talk to each other because if you do want your, your production line to be able to automatically order the parts you need for that big order you just got in from sales, well, you're going to have to integrate those systems together to do all that. But obviously what we need to do is keep those secure and keep them working. So, I mean, we're talking about an awful lot of aspects and about automation. I mean, that's another element of cybersecurity and and lots of parts of um, the, you know, the tech landscape. Um, You've talked about, you know, the the attack surface. um, But, you know, clearly these these things all hang together i mean are you seeing that as being an important thing for people to consider or an important part of what we're going to see in in the startup space over the next few years well, absolutely like, like the problem we're having now is that we're getting so many devices and so many things connected together that we're going to have to monitor and react to issues mm-hmm. with them uh but we don't have enough humans to do that uh, you know mm-hmm. if you look at if you look at any of the reports coming out but this cybersecurity field, the, the one of the big issues is the skills gap. Um, now that's a com- different debate for a different podcast, I'm sure, Rose, because I have some, you know, surprise, surprise, I have some contrarian views Ron, on that topic. Ron has well. some views on that as well. <laughs> well, go figure. Was, okay. uh, when do you ever sleep? That's what I want to know. But, um, but yeah, yeah, we, we need to automate yeah. this because if we're getting thousands of alerts per minute, our events happening per minute, our things going on, we won't be able to react in time to, to stop them. If we, if we take a ransomware attack, you need to be able to detect and respond with, within milliseconds. Mm. Um, you know, you, you don't have that from a human point of view. So you do need good automation in your security tools and your security platforms 
so they work. Uh, and a big challenge with a lot of that as well is, is, of course, we've got so many different solutions and platforms that, you know, some of them don't even talk to each other. So there's there's lots of challenges to be met there. Yeah. So we're getting smarter, but we're also potentially getting dumber. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh, a kind of a line from a U2 song where we're running to a standstill. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, information overload. And I think we've all, all suffered that with our personal lives. I mean, you've got social media, you've got everything like that. But obviously for an enterprise, it's exactly the same and even worse, depending on what your business is, what you're dealing with. You've talked about, you know, manufacturing we're talking about all sorts of you know some people's business is their information you've got ticketing systems you've got all sorts of various things which have all the way that they rely now on internet access the way they now rely on the tech systems behind them and from a competitive advantage perspective you want them all to work together seamlessly you know frictionless integration yeah. everything's like boom, boom, boom. There we go. Special <laughs> effects as well. Um, uh, but of course, to get that kind of speed, you need to be able to then deal with any issues from a security perspective. That's all got to be, you know, you can't have that speed of interaction, mm-hmm. um, well, speed of interaction, the, the speed and the seamlessness without it being done almost like an entrusted environment. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's. Um, so that's exciting. So, obviously, well, let's talk about the awards a little bit mm-hmm. more in depth. You know, you've probably looked at hundreds of entries. <laughs> there we go. I don't think we were start wearing glasses at the beginning of ten years ago, were we? <laughs> no, no, it's uh... <laughs> it's all new. It's all that pouring over the entries. Um, what makes them stand out to you? Because obviously, you take the time to look into it. But mm-hmm. how can people make it a bit easier for themselves? to kind of stand out oh now you've got going on something (laughs) the easiest thing i can say to somebody is plain and simple language don't please don't have your marketing person or your pr person write your entry oh also goodness me what a thing to say also don't have your technical person write your entry either have a balance between both that if it's been read by a human, as somebody who doesn't understand your business, that uh, that you get across what it is you do quite quickly and simply. You know, if I have to try and decipher your uh, the phrases you're using, the language you're using, and and you know, and there's a lot of superfluous stuff on top of what you're actually doing. You know, like uh, you know, leading edge technology. You know, like so what does that mean? You know, tell me yeah, what your product why, does. Yeah. yeah. Tell me not just, uh, but not just what your product does, but what is the problem you're going to solve for me? You know, mm. that's the simple thing I want. I've read quite a few, you know, and, and they've been, uh, we are the, you know, innovative leading market leader in something such a uh, field in cybersecurity. And uh, we're going to use gigaflops of data to, uh, re-engineer the environment and going, okay, but what does that what does that really mean for my business? What problem are you solving for me? Uh, and my rule of thumb actually is, Rose, I've never said this to you before. But okay. if I have if I have to go to your website outside of your entry to try and figure out what exactly you do, you're not off to a good start in my book. <laughs> there we go. No point. 
no, 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 not an all plug. But let's say that's not going to get you um, a favour, a lot of favours there. No. Well, I think it's an important thing, isn't it? And I do think that in the tech industry, we suffer from from the same issue with language as you do in the medical profession, which obviously has got a lot better. Our bedside manner isn't great sometimes. No. Let's be fair. Yeah. Um, we get tied up in buzzwords. Correct. You know, we use technical terminology, which basically to somebody who's just got the problem um, and, you know, this system is sick. What can we do to, you know, what is the problem? Can you diagnose it and can you fix it? Can you help us fix it? A load of buzzwords isn't going to help. And I think because we all get so absorbed into our own organisation, that's, yeah. that's part and of the I, issue. So those right. buzzwords become... They're not buzzwords anymore. No. They're just the words, yeah. right? And as a judge, think about it. You're, you're not, you, you have to sell your entry to a judge who, mm. you know, if I'm looking for a solution for a client for a specific problem, I can Google what the, you know, the certain terms and I may come across your website and then I can read your website. But mm. I know the context. I, I know the context of what your, your, your company does mm. based on, the, on my Google search or my, Bing search or whatever, you know, we have to be fair oh. to all the technology providers. Uh, but if I'm reading your entry in Tech Trailblazers, I don't know anything about you. I don't, you know, so as you said, don't hit me with buzzwords or technology speak or anything else. Make it plain and simple so I know it's, oh, this company does that. Perfect. And then I have the context and then I can uh, go through it. And I suppose, you know, and maybe that's why I was a bit harsh on the marketing people. Like you're not trying to market or sell to the judge. You're trying to communicate to the judge how what the problem is you're solving. Mm. So keep it simple. Keep, keep it simple. So throughout your career, I mean, obviously you've been, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're in the Hall of Fame for Info Security Europe. Yeah. Um, you've had numerous accolades. You're incredibly well respected. You do lots of speaking and, and now obviously over zoom <laughs> primarily <laughs> <laughs> so now you're an expert in that too a zoomer <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so in, in the early parts of your career did you have people who were helping because I, I get very much get the impression you were very helpful to people as they you know go through their careers um you know you obviously have younger people working with you people who've maybe changed careers who mm-hmm. are working at bh um but was there anybody who was important to you when you first started out in cybersecurity? Yeah, there was two people very important to me. One was a uh, gentleman uh, called Eugene Schultz. Uh, Eugene, uh, or Gene, as he's better known, uh, was a fellow editor on the Sands Newsbyte. So I've been on the Sands Newsbyte editor board for quite a number of years. And Gene was on it as well. And Gene gave me often gave me very, some very good insights into cybersecurity industry in the world and, and, and how th- things are happening. And mm-hmm. Gene was from the US, so it was good for, to get viewpoints from, you know, from the other side of the Atlantic because as, you know, as Europeans and Irish, we, we, we approach cybersecurity different than the Americans do. So it was good to get, get that. Mm-hmm. And another gentleman, uh, he, he was an advisor for me for a while uh, in a previous role, and he, he gave me a great piece of advice I think would be very useful for all the potential trailblazers out there listening to this, Ooh. is that uh, when you're starting a new business, 
make sure there's a niche in the market for your business, but more importantly, make sure there's a market in that niche. So, a lot of niching, a lot of marketing, yeah. There's a lot of marketing, but it was very good. I thought it was a very good thing, you know, like, you know, because, uh, you know, when I set BH Consulting back up in 2004, I was saying it needs to be an independent consulting firm because I felt back then that anytime anybody had a problem with cybersecurity or need help with cybersecurity, they were going to their IT reseller who would say, oh, yes, your problem is you need to firewall them. By the way, we have a firewall for sale. Whereas, there wasn't that independent advisor. And that's, I was said, that's where I was coming to. And he goes, that sounds interesting, but would people pay for it? So he says, you know, he gave me that phrase, make sure there's a, a niche in the market for what you're selling, but also that there's a, a big enough market in that niche that you're going to make money out of it. So yeah, 20 years later, we're nearly an overnight success. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Overnight sensation here, Brian. 20 years later. Tech Trailblazers Judges on Fire podcast. You heard heard it here first. You heard it here first. So, you know, obviously those were important. And having been in the industry for a long time, there's an awful lot of important work. But you talk about the skills gap. And one of the ways that people are looking to address that is to ensure that people from all backgrounds, um, you know, the, encouraging diversity in, in, the, in the sector. And certainly, uh, you know, we're seeing an, an awful lot of um, women involved in it, um, a lot of people from different ethnic backgrounds, less people who've had to have gone to university to move forward in, in this. You know, do you think we're, we're making the right kind of level of progress? And, and you know, what, what do you think is is the solution for that problem, if that is still a problem. It'll have to be a bit controversial. It is still a problem because uh, even now, if you go and look at any adverts for jobs in cybersecurity, mm. particularly entry-level jobs, uh, there is a lot of, um, you know, must have a, com- a, a computer degree. Mm. I don't have a computer degree. Rose, mm. if, 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 my, if BH Consulting was to fail tomorrow and I was to apply for a job in cybersecurity... In we wouldn't Maine, have a chance, mate. I wouldn't have a chance. And I'll give, I'll give you an interesting <laughs> story. I helped a university here in Dublin develop a master's in cybersecurity course. Mm. I got the material for them. I went with them before the uh, Irish education bodies that, that, that authorized degree courses. And... Uh, defended their their application they i was invited to speak to be one of their lecturers and i said absolutely would love to do that they said only a formality you need to send your cv into the hr department and i didn't uh, i didn't even get a first interview because i don't have a they turn around and say you don't have a computer degree you can't teach this course that you've designed and you've developed and you've helped us put in place so we still have that mentality. Therein lies the rub. Therein lies the rub. And I do think even from a cybersecurity point of view, we still figure you have to be technical to get into this field. Mm. You don't have to be technical. You have to be passionate. You, mm. you, you can teach somebody the, 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 the technology. And, uh, you know, like it's, we, we still have a lot of machismo or macho attitudes within the industry if you see that in a lot of the you know you, you go to a, well we can't at the moment but you go to cybersecurity when, when, when you were able to when you were able to, like we're using words like war and test you know like there's a lot of very aggressive words being used and 
you know, a lot of vendors will set the stands up to be very militaristic-like and aggressive-like. And it, it's not a very inclusive environment when, when we do that. And it, it, it's still very male-dominated. And we need to better educate the males out there uh, to be more open and receptive to people, to be more, and to, to stand against uh, prejudice in all shapes and forms and, and, and to be there to, to stand against it. And uh, we need to be more open to, to other viewpoints and other, uh, other backgrounds. You know, you, you don't have to be an elite hacker to be a cybersecurity professional. You, you, you can come from many different backgrounds. Uh, cybersecurity is not just about computers. Uh, it, it's about people. And at the end of the day, what we're trying to do uh, in, in cybersecurity industry is protect data and protect information which ultimately, if you want to take it to the extra level, is, is protecting people. So, you know, if people's information gets in the wrong hands, that, that could lead to bad consequences. So we need, it's a people industry, it's not, it's, not an, it's not a tech industry, and we need to be more receptive, more open, and talk to our HR departments about what type of people we're looking for and have the language we use in job efforts to be more open and inclusive and not to be as restrictive as it, as it is. So I told you this is for, this is a topic for another podcast that you have we'll a few opinions. We'll have to have another one. <laughs> we'll have to have another one. Um, well, on a sort of a more personal basis to sort of wrap things Uh-oh. up, yeah, a bit more lighthearted, seeing as we've got quite deep. And, you know, I mean, I think the diversity element of it is, is a really important part of it. And as you say, I mean, to anything that we're trying to achieve here, there's people, processes, and technology. And the bits and the bytes is just effectively, if you take it as three things, just one of those things. But one of the questions here, and I'm really curious as to what you might answer this, is which superhero would you be and why? Of which superhero would I be? Changing the tack here and getting you on the Seeing as you went and asked me a question, I'm yeah. now going to give you the really, the really tough ones at the end. That's a, that's a tough one, you know. Uh, Maybe what superpower you'd like. Because uh, I, I feel it's hard to define you as one of the already existing superheroes, to be fair, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking more along like Supermouse or something like that, you know, somebody unexpected, you know, like... Uh, well, yeah, that's definitely unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, you know, we... Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we can be small, but we can have a big impact, you know. So, uh, and humor always carries you through the end of the day as well. So, it can be very important, particularly when you're being asked difficult questions on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. You know, or quickly from that one, then, or you're in the middle of a, of a major cybersecurity incident and people are stressed out. The right, oh, dear. Couple, you oh, dear. Know. well, I hope that's not the case. So on to slightly lighter things, um, well, it was probably quite light with the superhero question, but um, sports, is it something that you enjoy watching, playing? Oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. And, and what sport would that be? Oh, sport would be, uh, yeah, obviously soccer. Uh, here in Ireland, we've got Hurley and we've got GAA football. They'd be big. Golf, like I'm... I'm what, you mean the no rules football? No, they have, we have rules. 
Just yeah. not many. <laughs> and you, we don't well, there's, two rules. there's a ball and then you run around with it and then yeah, and, you know we, we follow them sometimes you know but uh you know uh and then so, and they say like more like guidelines the guidelines yes uh and then right like i like i like most sports so like formula one racing you know so uh now unfortunately my stage in life uh football hurley uh rugby and soccer are things I can't play anymore because I'm getting a bit older and so golf is the one that's oh golf fantastic yeah, yeah I've just started playing golf actually yeah yeah so yeah I'm, I'm with you on that a golf bat and one of those a golf uh, bat yeah a golf bat for me <laughs> you'll see me there rangering all over the place yeah no it's good fun well I think it's just to keep active and Anything that involves outdoor space right now is a good thing, isn't it? It is. And if when you, anything to get you away from the computer and the phone mm, these days is good. Very good. Very good indeed. So just to round things off, we were looking at kind of inventions of the future. So mm-hmm. are you thinking that there's anything exciting that you're looking forward to or you think that should be coming down in, in Venture Alley in the very near future? That would maybe make your life easier. Oh God! Uh, if you had a time machine, that would make life easier because you could go back and rub out all the mistakes you've made. Or uh... you haven't made mistakes, Brian. You've just had a few learning experiences, just like me. I mean, I have a, a couple of lessons a day. It's a bit like <laughs> the doctor orders five lessons a day, not bits of fruit or vegetables. But well, you know, I think, I think. Look, I look, I look at my kids and I go, wow, what is your life? What are your lives going to be in the next 10, 20, 30 years? And with all the chances that are coming down, climate change, uh, uh, you know, globalization, uh, and how is that going to impact their lives? And, and hopefully, you know, please, hopefully technology and inventions will help us deal with many, many of those challenges. Uh, you know, because, you know, if I look back, to when I was their age, you know, uh, like I, I showed my 13 year old son a video on YouTube uh, the other night of how I used to connect to the internet back in the 1990s using a modem. And he was no laughing. Concept. No, he, concept. no concept. You know, he, he didn't even know what a telephone was, you know, the, or a dial phone because they're so used to mobile phones. Mm. Uh, so, you know, and then, you know, and the car analogy actually came from a conversation I had with my father a while ago about he he was talking about when he was a kid and cars back then didn't have safety belts and he joked they didn't even have heaters that one person in where he grew up uh, as a kid in the 1940s cut a hole in the floor of the car and into the exhaust pipe so in the winter time the fumes from the, the exhaust pipe will come into the car to heat everybody now when you look back you go oh my god that's not really very safe yeah, but back then it was, you know, like yeah, just don't fall asleep in it and keep a window cracked open, right? That's what they did. They kept, you know, but they they were also they kept themselves warm, but they got carbon monoxide point. But how we progress as humans and how technology, you know, there's a, I'm excited about all, all all of that and how all that can happen. And you know, if you look at Star Trek and see some, you know, some stuff from Star Trek in the 1960s, 70s, we're using them now, like sliding doors and mobile talking devices you know uh, we didn't have those back in the same we do now where is all that going uh there's a lot of excitement happening obviously 
we need to make sure it's secure as well. So there's that's your job and the startups that are coming exactly. In well, hopefully startups will take over those roles because there's only so much mileage left in the clock here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not ruling you out just yet, Brian. None of this. You can't play sports anymore, and now are <laughs> destined. You have to be pretty fit to play golf. To be fair, I find that quite strenuous. But, um, and it's a good long walk too True. so cool all right well it's, it's a fabulous to have you on board again i mean this is our 10th outing so we can consider ourselves officially veterans yeah. of the awards um and yeah we're looking forward to to finding out more there is a little something that i can probably by the time that this is aired will be public knowledge but we are going to um have an awards evening cool well, unsurprisingly, there will be a bit of Zooming involved. <laughs> clearly, it's, clearly, we can't actually meet up, but um, yeah. it is a lovely thing because obviously being global, we've always struggled to work out, could we do something yeah. like that? And now it's such part of the new normal that people do log in to see things. We thought, why not? Exactly. Let's, let's join the masses and have a, a virtual evening together. So more on that soon. But That's yeah. Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us, Brian. I'm a little bit worried that you're now swanning around doing a podcast when in reality the rest of the team are, are running around sorting out this cyber attack. So I'm hoping that that was a joke. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean that there's no cyber attack. It isn't really happening right now because I thought, well, it's very, you're very calm <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, everybody here has got it all handled, so we're, we're, we're fine. Uh, you, when you have a good team, you have a good team. Exactly right. Exactly right. So thanks very much for joining us today, everybody. I've been here with Brian Honan from BH Consulting, who's uh, our longstanding judge in cybersecurity. So he's looking forward to receiving and looking through your submissions this year. Uh, we are the Tech Trailblazers, and this is the Judges on Fire podcast. And if you want to find out more about us, you can visit us online at www.techtrailblazers.com. Follow us on Twitter at Tech Trailblaze or find us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much for your time and thank you, Brian. Thank you, Rose.